everybody, and welcome to today's show. I can tell you already that uh, we're going to struggle today to get through all of this content. There is a great deal of valuable news that you need to hear. And this isn't just going to be Zach Drew or Andrew Bellers projecting our opinions. Mm. Everything we do is thoroughly researched. Okay. It's based on things like academic journals. It's based on things like direct statements from the World Health Organization, from the CDC. I'm meeting so many people on the streets. I was just telling you about conversations I was having yesterday that people are, they just don't know what they're talking about. They literally read or they listen to one thing that Fox News says from a single a singular anchor that doesn't quote any news. And that is what they believe concerning things like what's happening with the coronavirus. So many people have no idea how bad it's going to get. Let me just say right now that it's nothing like the flu. And I can't stand when people are saying that. I asked one man yesterday, because I've been asking people to get reactions from people just whenever I'm out and about. Hey, so what do you guys think about the coronavirus? Oh, you know, I'm worried about it like I'm worried about the flu. And then all these memes all over Facebook saying, hey, you know, I've already survived like 10 into the world. So I think I'll be okay. Listen, they said we're going to die from Ebola. They said we're going to die from SARS. They said we're going to die from MERS. They said we're going to die from H1N1. You know, we're going to be okay. You know, I, I listen. We're going to show you research that says that this is going to get a lot worse. And when it does, you can come back and, and think, you know, think about it like, wow, okay, Zach, at least the Zach Drew's show and there's other alternative news sources that are talking about this. But we actually, we're talking about the unpopular opinions. Let me tell you right now, people are mad at me uh, for talking about these things. I've gotten many uh, messages and emails saying, you know, I'm, a, I'm unsubscribing from all of your pages and, you know, you're fear mongering. Listen, I, I don't I don't think I'm fear mongering. You know, I believe it in 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 God and mm-hmm. I know that God is a just God and that justice going forth. He is a God of truth. And if the people are being lied to, it aggravates me. Yeah. And I want you to know the truth. And that's what we are doing here. That's why, you know, even the show, we want to be, I've said it many times, we want to be one of your homes for alternative news. Let's get in, start getting, let's start getting into it. It's not just like the flu. That's what we're, we're hearing. It's just like right. the flu. Wash your hands. Does anybody today still think that the Titanic is unsinkable? Do you, Andrew, do you still think, Andrew, do you think, question for you, do you think the Titanic is unsinkable? No, but that's, but that's what they thought at the time. Newspaper publishing, it's the unsinkable ship. And by the way, and by the way, it wasn't necessarily the experts who were coming out and saying this is an unsinkable ship. That was the journalist. That was the, mm. the misreporting was that this is an unsinkable ship. People specifically got on the Titanic because of that reporting. That's right. Those words will forever live in infamy. They are literally infamous. They are famous for the wrong re- wrong, uh, wrong reasons. There's been a, a hundred years that has, have transpired since that Titanic, and we still remember it as those infamous words, the unsinkable ship, mm-hmm. almost those haunting words a hundred years later. I believe that if the Lord tarries, that the history books of the future whether they're written in 10 years, 20, 30, whether we're, if the Lord would tarry and we're old men and we're in our 70s or 80s or whatever, mm-hmm. there's another phrase that I think will live in infamy that will be infamous, famous for the wrong reasons. And in the same way the Titanic is 
that phrase, they're infamous for saying the unsinkable ship. Mm-hmm. I believe COVID-19 will be saying the same thing whenever we're old people that, oh, well, it's just the flu, right? Yeah. It's just the flu. Wash your hands. It's nothing like the flu. It's time to debunk that. And I'm going to be listing you what the death toll could be throughout the world, not based on my, who am I? I, I, I'm just, I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a virologist. I'm a researcher. So I research, I researched this thing to the depths. These last, we started, we started researching this the second week of January. And so I'm going to be quoting you what the experts are saying from the World Health Organization. But first, I want to read part of an article from Michael Snyder. Time to debunk the skeptics. COVID-19 has a death rate that is about 34 times higher than the flu. COVID-19 is an extremely deadly virus and nobody should be trying to downplay the severity of this outbreak. By now, you have probably heard a lot of people try to convince you that COVID-19 is not that dangerous because the flu has killed far more people this winter. This last Tuesday, the World Health officials said that the case fatality rate for COVID-19 is 3.4% globally. And that's higher than the previous amount of 2%. These, these, this is very important because I'm, I need to show you what this math means for you and I. As for the flu, the CDC says that there will, there will be about 32 million and 45 million illnesses in the United States during the flu season. Uh, this is the flu, not COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And somewhere between 18,000 to 46,000 people will die. So what this means is the death rate from the flu this year will be about one-tenth of one percent. So if you contract the flu, your likelihood of dying is 0.01%. As compared to COVID-19, which is now, according to this last Tuesday from the World Health Organization, not the Zach Drew Show, from the World Health Organization, it is 3.4%. So what does that mean? The World Health Organization has all, I'm trying to make it as clear as possible to you. I want to tell you the truth. The World Health Organization has also said that 40 to 70% of the global population is likely to become infected by this new coronavirus, by this Wuhan China virus, by COVID-19. So now let's just do some very simple math, okay? The world population is 7.8 billion people. They're saying upwards of 70% of the world population, 7.8, could become infected. So we need to look at the number. What is 70% of 7.8 billion? It's a little less than 5.5 billion. So if 5.5 billion people contract COVID-19, which the World Health Organization is one, they're one of many, uh, another uh, very uh, prominent epidemiologist from Harvard is saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> another one from Harvard is actually saying 80%, but we're just saying World Health Organization. 5.5 billion people could become infected with COVID-19. If the world population's uh, death rate is 3.4%, that means this. 
that they're projecting that almost 186 million people could die from COVID-19. Okay, I'm trying to lower my voice. I, I mean, I could get mm. really riled up right now, but I'm trying to just stay calm and let you know what the facts are. Yeah. So when people are saying, Andrew, this could be the next great influenza, the Spanish flu of 1918, that books have been written on, this book right here, that killed upwards of 100 million people. This, the World Health Organization is saying that it could be much, much worse. You need to be able to identify the experts because the narratives are conflicting. And narratives that you'll see from politicians and from reporters alike is that this is nothing special, that that the SARS and the MERS outbreaks were worse than this, H1N1 in, in around 2009 was worse than this. Um, and the experts are not saying that. The experts are saying we haven't seen anything like this since uh, the, the 1918 Spanish flu. And so uh, I'm, I get a little frustrated because there'll be people that talk to me or people that message me that will tell me I'm wrong. And I, and I, will, sh and I will deliver all of the research. And I'll say, what is your research? Well, I just don't believe you. And it just, I mean, just it's... There's just a lot of stupid people in the world. What I'm saying is that I don't mean to be too, I don't want to be too rash, but I'm saying it's like they believe what they believe so firmly and it's not based on anything. It's I believe it because I believe it. I just don't understand that thinking. Even as a Bible-believing Christian, many people upset with me are Bible-believing Christians that believe we're living in the end times. So they believe Matthew 24, that pandemics are coming. They believe Revelation 6. They believe Luke 21, Mark 13. Yet they're upset that I say that this could be a, a pandemic, which by the World Health Organization's checkboxes of what it means to be a pandemic, every box, according to them, has been checked, but yet it's still not labeled as a pandemic. Yeah. But it's just like the flu. It's just like the flu. Those words will live in infamy. Yeah. Now, I want to say that what we're also, uh, based on the research that's coming out from the health officials, this is not an existential threat. The whole world's not going to die. Mm. But it is going to create chaos around the world. And life as you know it for maybe a year, if it's like the Spanish influenza, maybe 18 months, your life will change. You know what? I'll go ahead and make people upset and say that I think that if this projection by the World Health Organization comes to fruition in the way they are projecting, the election very well could be postponed. Absolutely. Because, you know, there's already recommendations. Uh, like in this article, it says that that. Twitter is completely is asking its entire workforce already to stay to, to work from home. There's already recommendations um, in places like um, Seattle where they're saying don't gather, uh, uh, don't go to gatherings with more than 10 people. And we we're only at uh, what, 100 cases in America, 10, mm -hmm. 11, 11 deaths. Um, I mean, we're just at we're just at the the beginning of this thing. Already, there's restrictions. 
Absolutely. I mean, you think about the polls, all of these people congregating in the same place to to cast their ballots. I think definitely we could see the, the election be postponed. So now I'm going to make a differentiation here based on my research, not a CDC, World Health Organization or NIH or whatever. I believe that there are right now currently because you hear like, oh, Illinois has you know, four or five cases. Oh, there's a new case in Tampa. Oh, there's three confirmed in the state of New York. Oh, well, California has this many. To be confirmed, you have to have a test kit performed on you. There is a massive scandal taking place with the CDC. South Korea is testing people out the wazoo. I mean, literally, 10,000 people a day, if needed, can be tested in South Korea. And that has been done. I think over 100,000 tests or something crazy like that has been done Mm -hmm. in South Korea, but not in the United States. I think that a lot of people are actually dying right now. And we're going to get to it later in the show from COVID-19. But the death certificate says pneumonia. The death certificate says, you know, a a variant of the flu or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like how Alzheimer's works. You know, the CDC says like what, like about 90,000 people die from Alzheimer's a year. But the number is actually far greater than that because the number of people die from Alzheimer's, um, the death certificate might say pneumonia. It might say heart failure. It might say choking. It might say uh, dehydration. It might say for lack of nutrition. But all of that is from the underlying cause, cause of Alzheimer's. So essentially, they could be doing that very same thing in America right now with COVID-19. People are dying and the deficit certificate just simply says something different. But that that is we're going to get to that in a second. Uh, Yes. So the election may indeed uh, be postponed. So Alt Market was recently saying, and I agree with them. This is what they said. They said everyone uh, is saying that Americans are in a panic over the coronavirus outbreak in the U.S., uh, and that mainstream media outlets are feeding the fear. What all media, uh, Walt Market was saying was that this is a very odd conclusion to come to and something worth noting because the truth is basically the opposite of that. Yeah. For the past couple of months, the World Health Organization and the CDC and even our current administration has been dismissing COVID-19 as nothing to worry about. Uh, the World Health Organization actually still refuses to call it a pandemic, as we mentioned, um, even though this virus meets all of their own criteria. And then until recently, mainstream media was also pumping out article after article on why COVID-19 is no more dangerous than the flu. Only in the, only in the past week, Andrew, have the media and certain government representatives suddenly decided to take the pandemic issue more seriously. Um, thank you all, Market, for those thoughts because they say it is the exact opposite of what they're saying is happening so mm-hmm. let's get back into it so where are we where are americans right now and we're gonna get we're gonna say something else in just a minute but the three truths we've been saying this for the last six weeks there's an old german philosopher he's super dead okay he died a, he's died a long time ago he he was born in the 1700s i don't even know if he was a believer or not so this isn't scripture this isn't you know we don't we're not taking this to the bank but what he's saying he's a german philosopher and through study he noticed that people typically filter the truth through three different types of windows is this is the quote all truth passes through three stages First, it's ridiculed. 
meaning the truth isn't even real. It's just, it's just ridiculed. Mm -hmm. There's no way it can be real. Second, it's violently opposed. And third, is it is accepted as being self-evident. I mean, you can just look around and see that that's the truth. Mm-hmm. We're past the point of being of being ridiculed, like I've been saying, um, which is the truth is even real. People do believe that COVID-19 is a real thing now. Essentially, at first they were like, this isn't even real. Like, this is just, it's, it's all fake news. No, now the general population is saying COVID-19 is real. But they're in the second phase of that, it being violently opposed. So basically, COVID-19 is real. What you're proclaiming is real, but it's not to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. It's just like the flu. Wash your hands. Yeah. And then the third is it being self-evident. And the vast majority of Americans right now are in that second phase of violently opposing it. And you can trace you can trace those stages of truth. Uh, it, when you again, when you look back at the Great Influenza of 1918, I mean, there came a point where it didn't matter what the media was reporting because uh, you hear these horror stories. You know, your relative is dead in the in the next room, and it's so rampant that that the the government and the health officials can't even help you. I mean, when when it gets to a certain point, it will be like. Okay, you know the media is saying this, but I can give you a list of the of my family members who've been affected by this. I mean, it will be completely self evident. You know, whenever I served for seven and a half years under Pastor uh, Jim Baker at Morningside, we did extensive temperament testing. Your temperament—it's much different than your personality. Personality is developed over time. Um, this, your temperament is kind of really like a, they refer to it as a snapshot of your soul, how the Lord made you, um, how the Lord constructed you in your mother's womb for how you were to be. And there's certain terms that, that I am referred to. I'm referred to as a choleric compulsive, meaning that, uh, you know, a, a, the different choleric compulsives, they're, they're, you know, they're CEOs, they're the presidents, they're, they are the boss and they're able to take control of, of large numbers of, of people. Mm-hmm. But something else underlining that is um, I'm referred to, I, I appear very strong and I, and I am a strong individual. I understand that. But I'm also something called a supine, which means I, uh, I feel rejection very easily. Uh, it's not necessarily going to affect what I do, but I feel it more deeply than the average person. So let me tell you right now that it's very interesting that the Lord would put me in a place of ministry as a watchman type. When we see that the example in scripture all throughout the Old Testament that the watchmen were often ridiculed, violently ridiculed and made fun of. They did not have popular messages. So the amount of rejection that one could feel, the the office of ministry to not go into would be that of a watchman. Mm-hmm. And yet that is the exact office that the Lord has called me to. And so this week, you know, pray for the ministry, pray for me. It's been a hard week because there's been a lot of mean people on the internet. Yeah, I've seen uh, the comments. Yeah, there's, you know, p- comments and, and they're from Christian people, angry at me for saying scary things, telling them tell me that they're unsubscribing from my pages in very not so nice ways uh really just mean people mocking the things that i say and now i'm not it's not going to affect i i get my marching orders from the lord so even though i feel the rejection i'm not going to stop doing what i feel is my mandate but the crazy thing is andrew as we said in the beginning of the show 
So many of these Christians claim to be Bible-believing Christians that believe we are living in the end times, which is so crazy to me because in Matthew 24, I have the Bible here. I I wrote it down, though, in, in my notes that Jesus said that these things would happen in Matthew 24. Yeah. Matthew 24, verses 3 through 8 says this. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, Jesus... The disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? So Jesus is about ready to tell them what is going to happen before he comes back. And he's going to list in in the next uh, verses four through eight, he's going to list what we call the time of sorrows, the birth pains. Okay. I do not believe that he's referring to the uh, great tribulation time, but it is the window of time that leads up to the great tribulation. All right. So that means whether you're pre-trib, mid-trib or post-trib, we kind of all mostly agree across the board that we go through at least the birth pains, not the great tribulation, but the birth pains. Now I actually do believe that we go through some of the great tribulation, but, but we can really, I've actually done shows on that. You can go check that out. But just for the sake of relating to the masses. We all believe that we're going to go through the first eight verses, the time of sorrows that lead up to the great tribulation. And Jesus said this, he answered and said unto them, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will, and they will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there'll be famines, there'll be pestilence, which is disease from the animals, which at pestilence is pandemics, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. So, what what if God is allowing this? And let me just... If he is allowing this, how should we pray? What I'm saying is that if we knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that we were in the time of sorrows, how would you pray? If you knew, if we knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that we were in those verses three through eight, how would you pray? Would you pray that the Lord would somehow stop it? Even though that he was the one that decreed it in Matthew 24 that he would somehow change his mind and alter his sovereign will that has been revealed in his word no I don't I don't think so it's already been written these things will take place because God is not a liar so then if we are in the time of sorrows how ought you to pray your prayer ought to be that you would be protected through the storm That's how I'm praying. Not that he would take away the storm because it's already been decreed. These things will come. But that God would use you in the storm. That is how we ought to pray. Yeah. And I I think the point is that we, we don't have a prosperity gospel. 
I mean, the, the, the word promises that, that, that bad things are going to happen. And, and the, the function of God in your life is not just to provide good things for you. I mean, which he does, which which he does, but God didn't create you for that purpose. Mm -hmm. God created you for the purpose of displaying his glory. And and the prayer could be in the, in these times, however bad it gets, God refine me and shape me. Let these trials refine my faith and make me look more like you so that I can be a true ambassador of your kingdom so that I can be a true witness on this earth. Yeah. You know, it'd be a lot easier for me to speak on, you know, how to live your best life now and live a peaceful life with everyone happy with me. But that's just not the mandate I feel from the Lord. Let's get back to the news. We're not being told the truth. I love President Donald Trump. I love his vice president, Mike Pence. But that doesn't mean they're going to be perfect. And I'm gonna ha- I have to tell you the news, the truth here. Vice President Mike Pence said this week that every American can get tested for the coronavirus if they want to. Okay, it's just not the truth. That's 300 million people. And, and literally the day before he said that, they were reporting that there was not enough test kits for even highly suspect cases. But over 300 million people, no problem. Okay, now... I'm not attacking Mike Pence because we're going to get down to what could be happening here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, Vice President Mike Pence says that there's not enough test kits for everybody. And and this is literally the day after he made the proclamation that there was enough test kits. So what is it? Is there enough or is there not enough? I was talking to my friend, John, and you've heard me talk about him before. He's awesome. And He's actually kind of, a, I mean, he, he's not a part of our research team, but he really helps me with a lot of research. He's an, an incredible person. Now, and, and, and he is speculating that the reason why this is happening is that the administration doesn't want a huge spike in reported cases coming from mass testing, or that would clobber the economy and cause chaos too close to the election season. Now, we have said earlier in the show that there are probably thousands of cases all throughout the United States that we don't know that because the CDC is failing us. People are likely dying and they're logging that they have died from, you know, pneumonia or their death certificate whenever the underlying cause very well could be COVID-19. I'm going to get right into this article. This is very, very powerful. I'm going to show you a video right now. This is a this is from CNBC, which is fake news, but this guy's true news. I really do believe that. There is a guy on here, um, and his name is Dr. Matt McCarthy. He is a doctor in New York City at one of the largest hospitals in all of New York City. He, The article here is called New York City Doctor says he has to plead to test people for coronavirus, and he is very upset about it. I can't do it justice. Just listen to what he had to say. Let me tell you the problem right now. Before I came here this morning, I was in the emergency room seeing patients. I still do not have a rapid diagnostic test available to me. Well, that's easy to do, is it not? Is it hard to manufacture? It is is easy to do for some countries, 
what happened in the United States is that the CDC created a test. Messed up a reagent. Sent a test out to 50 states and then said, oh, hold up, don't use it, let us fix okay, it. How quickly it's can now we get March. Now, we hear that it's coming very soon, but I'm here to tell you right now, at one of the busiest hospitals in the country, I don't have it at my fingertips. I still have to call the Department of Health. I still have to make my case plead to test people. This is not good. We know that there are 88 cases in the United States. There are going to be hundreds by middle of the week. There's going to be thousands by next week. So and this is a testing people, issue. What do you do with people in the emergency room if you can't test them? Well, we call and we try to test. We isolate them. We have an outstanding team of, uh, of uh, infection control practitioners who know how to handle this, but they're hamstrung by the fact that we don't have a diagnostic test available. Are people getting sent home? Because I read reports of that over the weekend. We're not sending people home. We're making sure they get what supportive care we can give. But keep in mind, we now have this um, in New York State, right? The person who tested positive was only the 32nd test we've done in the state. That is a national scandal. They're testing 10,000 a day in some countries, and we can't get this off the ground. I'm a practitioner on the firing line, and I don't have the tools to properly care for patients today. Did you know that it's impossible to detect infections if you don't test for them? Yeah. I didn't know that. We can't trust information, and the numbers coming from the CDC in the U.S. because they have been refusing to test most people unless they've recently traveled to China. We have about a minute and a half left. And I'm gonna to try to wrap this up. This is one personal testimony of a lady on her Twitter feed trying to get tested for COVID-19. It says this, I live in Seattle. I have all symptoms of COVID-19 and have a history of chronic bronchitis. Since I work in a physical therapy clinic with many 65 plus patients and those with chronic illnesses, I decided to be reasonable and go get tested. This is how that went. I called the Corona hotline, was on hold for 40 minutes and gave up. So I looked at the CDC and Washington public health websites. They told me to see a primary care doctor, but there's no information about testing. I called two primary care doctors. One told me they don't know where to get testing and I should not uh, to seek out testing, don't even need to. The other one told me to go to an urgent care or ER. I called the urgent care. They also had no idea where tests are, but told me to call the hospital. I called the hospital. They do not have tests, but transfer me to the COVID-19 hotline again to, quote, answer my questions. Since I was transferred on a medical provider line, I actually got through progress. The lady with the hotline was very kind and professional and understood my concern about my own health and those at my clinic, which is currently being sanitized. However, I was told I do not qualify for testing and I was not given a timeline or info on current resources. So who does qualify? Those who have been out of the country in the last 14 days, even though the incubation period has been set as 21, 27, and even up to 42. And those who have been contact and those who have made uh, contact with one of the few people who have been tested and come up positive. That's it. The only way I can get treated is if my symptoms get so bad I develop pneumonia or bronchitis, which is very likely in my case. Then I'll be in the ER and quarantined for several days while waiting for a test and for the results to come back. This is all incredibly frustrating because I am trying to do everything right in a system that punishes moments of weakness like taking days off. It's also scary to know that I won't be able to get help until I need life support. To sum up, this is not contained. No one knows what what is happening she says a little more strongly uh i can't work wash your hands 
that is what's really happening in the United States. We're totally out of time. I just want to encourage you to get into your word. Make sure your heart is right with Jesus. Um, and at the show, we want to be one of your homes for alternative media, and we can't do it without your support. So please go to ZachTrueShow.com and help us out. We'll see you next week. Thank you.